Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. So glad you're here. Today, we're talking about a really important topic in reflection to this next year and being parents, biblical parents, and really paying attention to what's coming and make good decisions. So parenting in 2023. You know, as this new year is beginning, a lot of people are doing a life audit if you will. It's, it's one of the terminologies that Isaac and I have used for many, many years um, because it, it really is an audit. When you look closely at all of the different categories in your life and you look at what's happening in the world and you make adjustments, sometimes they're subtle adjustments, sometimes they're really big changes, right? And so we're going to talk about seven different topics or categories, if you will, of life that we kind of see some things happening in the world um, and we're going to bring in some scripture because, you know, we shouldn't be surprised by this, um, but we should be exhorted by the word. So we're going to be sharing some of our opinion in here, but we're also going to be sharing some of biblical truth that we see and we're going to exhort you guys in courageous parenting. Hey, this is important because it's the normal thing is to make decisions when it's obvious you need to make them and create changes. But with the speed of change happening in the world, that that way of being doesn't necessarily always work out super well because if you make changes just in time like reactionary reactionary yeah. versus proactive changes mm -hmm. then you are caught in a tough situation sometimes or maybe your finances are hit or maybe the health of your family is hit or these different things yeah. so it's really important that we're operating in wisdom but we kind of adjust how we're doing things in a way where we make decisions way ahead of their need mm -hmm. and it's just more important today than probably mm -hmm. it's ever been. So uh, really important stuff. And uh, we're going to start by talking about um, the church, actually. Yeah. So as we're diving into this topic, you know, be reflective. Can I yeah. just exhort you to be reflective for a second? And let's be thankful. Um, a few weeks ago, Isaac actually shared in a, a message that he gave at church about just our need as believers to not be divided or divisive, but to really value that the church, anywhere that is preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ, is Christian and doing the work of God. And we need to be thankful for that, right? Yeah, it's the bride of Christ. And so we have to be very careful how we talk about the bride of Christ. And while we might mm -hmm. disagree with certain things sometimes, we have to remember that that's Christ's bride. Yeah, that's right. And so as we're talking about church here, um, we, our heart, just so you know, is in no way meant to be offensive to you guys regarding the church. But there are times in scripture when God exhorts the churches because of sin that they've allowed to continue on, right? And some of that is happening today. We are seeing a growing or increase of progressive ideology seeping into certain churches. Um, we're seeing a sifting, if you will. I'm sure you guys would agree 
agree that in the last three years, especially there's been a massive sifting and a lot of people have changed churches because they've seen um, which churches are going to fall prey to manipulation by the government or which ones are going to uh, go more woke, if you will. Um, and so a lot of people have been, there's been a migration, right, of Christians changing churches a lot in the last three years. And sometimes it's just being silent where silence shouldn't exist, like omitting certain parts of scripture because it's offensive to groups of people. But hey, if it's in the Bible, it's, we should be able to yeah. preach on it. And that is something that is important. Right. Now, what we're seeing uh, running a ministry together is that people are starving for community. Yes. This is coming at us. Like, mm -hmm. what do we do? How do we find a church where I can build good yeah. friendships and, and all these things? And in that, a lot of people are asking about home church too, just because that's been our experience in the last seven years. We had There was a big gap a year and a half when we moved to Idaho where we were visiting other churches and looking for community in that way and open to whatever God had for us. And then we felt this strong tug back to home church and our whole family was in alignment on that decision. And so we have a lot of people who asked us about that as well. And we can talk about that a little bit, but you know, a lot of it is that there, what are we going to see in the next year, Isaac? What do you think is going to happen with the church as a whole? Well, I really, I really believe that it, it, we may see it this year in the coming years that the nonprofit status is a challenge. Um, that when you're getting a benefit from the government of people being able to give mm -hmm. and and write it off on their taxes, that you're also saying you're yielding in a way to the government. And there are rules around you know what you're allowed to do. Mm -hmm. For example, you know, there's supposed to limit talking about politics and things like that. And I think the church needs to be involved, needs to take a stance mm -hmm. on different issues happening in the world and it needs to be a, mm -hmm. a sounding board of biblical wisdom and respect to things happening. Mm -hmm. And well, our faith really should be incorporated into every area of our lives, including how we vote, um, because so many issues that are biblical issues have now been made political, actually, yeah. right? Like even life. So I think we may start seeing some churches move away from nonprofit status, actually, and, and navigate and find a another way to do that. Another thing they might see is churches not moving away from it, but becoming more watered down and less likely to speak truth. I agree with that. And then at the same time, the good news is that we're going to see an increase of a portion of churches mm -hmm. probably become more fearless in preaching mm -hmm. biblical truth on the areas of marriage, gender, sex, and everything else, and not omitting what scripture says. So we raise up a another generation of godly people with a biblical viewpoint on, mm -hmm. on all topics. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting because, you know, as people have come to us looking for community and they've been asking different questions, how do we do that? Our first answer is always hospitality. And I just want to talk about that for a second, because I know that a lot of you listening are like, wait a second, you guys just went over that way too fast. That's me. I'm starving for community. And so of course, our first um, encouragement or challenge, if you will, courageous parenting challenge, if you are starving for biblical community and biblical friendships, get out of your box, stretch yourself, Invite people into your home in, you know, practice hospitality. That's something that God actually commands all Christians to do. And it it's like a muscle that we have to exercise, especially for people who didn't grow up in a home where that was something that they had modeled for them or they were used to, right? The truth is, is that we're not supposed to be living a secret life that's different than our public life. Our lives should actually be the same in both arenas. And sometimes when people are not willing to let people in 
to their home, into their inner circle, it's actually because they're leaving, living a more secretive life that's actually far different from what they're portraying in reality. And that's a hard thing for them. Yeah. And so invite people in. And, and can I just give you this encouragement that mm. if you're looking for people to reciprocate, which would be ideal, I know it would be ideal if people reciprocated. And I get it as a mom of nine kids. Do you know how many people don't necessarily invite you over for dinner? Because there's a lot of you. Um, but the truth is, is that you can't give with with attachments or strings. You have to be willing to give without expecting anything in return. Because the truth is, is that the majority of people are not used to walking in biblical fellowship. And so you actually have to be the one to step out in faith and show them what it looks like first. And in doing that, I just want to encourage you to keep on keeping on, keep doing that, even when you don't have people. And eventually there will come people who will reciprocate. And if your conversations are at the surface and you really want to go deeper, then take initiative in going deeper by asking some deeper questions yep. of your friends, people you're spending time with. And if you're truly yourself and you're mm -hmm. a, a deep person, then you're going to talk about things deeper that interest things, you yeah. and you will naturally attract people that want to talk about that yeah. and detract, unfortunately, people that don't, then yeah. that just happens. But if you're constantly staying at the surface and you're frustrated with that about other people, well, maybe there's something you can do about that by mm -hmm. being the first to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so here's the courageous parenting challenge on church, which is to stand firm for biblical truth. Mm -hmm. If you notice there's a sidestepping of biblical truth or there's something just wrong with what's mm -hmm. being talked about in the church, it's your duty to say something. Yeah. And that might be difficult. And it, standing firm sometimes is also like to your kids, what are you modeling, right? Like if you're talking about and you're reading scripture with your kids and you're talk, you're reading to them what the truth says, and then they go to church and they hear a youth pastor or they hear somebody else in the church who has influence saying something that's completely different than what God's word says, they'll be confused. And so you need to be aware of like, who the teachers are in your church and what their personal beliefs are, what they're teaching. Because if it's not in alignment with scripture, then you either need to confront them or you need to go. And yeah, I said, you need to go. You may need to evaluate and audit the church that you're a part of and, and go, okay, is there some progressive thoughts coming in here? Because that's not Christian. And if I'm going to be a part of a church, I need a model for my kids by standing firm in truth and finding a like-minded church. Yeah, but we're not to gossip about the church or anything like that, but you should go to the pastor, get yep. a meeting and ask questions about, you know, what they think about the certain scripture or, you know, uh, ask him about more about what they preached on if you feel like it, it was going against scripture or something mm -hmm. like that. Or, you know, if it's the kind of church where um, it really is, everything is geared towards the the new person that just showed up for the first time. That's something you could address in love. I mean, in love mm -hmm. is the key. We need to talk to each other in loving ways, encouraging mm -hmm. ways, and um, with appreciation. And I think that goes a lot farther. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. So the next topic we want to talk about is tech, technology. Yeah. So Isaac, you were sharing some very interesting things of what you think is going to potentially be happening either in 2023 or in the years to come. Well, I think, you know, we have, you know, if you, I don't know if you've been following this, but uh, Elon Musk, you know, took over Twitter and he's been revealing a lot of things and those things that uh, are naturally probably happening with Google, mm -hmm. 
Facebook, uh, even potentially Apple and, and these kinds of things, which is censorship of certain things, uh, conservative things, and then... Um, or Christian things, too. Or Christian things, yeah. or hiding, you know, you know, left-wing things that would hurt them uh, in election times and things like that. Truth. And so there's a lot, a lot around the COVID stuff, too, hiding, uh, you know, the truth about the, you know, the myocarditis problem and different things like that back when this was really sensitive and they're driving vaccines, which mm -hmm. is still happening, but not to the same extent. So these different things were happening. And as I look at that, there's a Section 230, uh, which is a law that gives... Um, protection against social media companies in particular uh, to not be able to be sued for the content on their platforms. The problem with that is that they we should remove that because the idea of that law is that, okay, you have these platforms where everybody is allowed to express their thoughts and free speech. Free speech. And as long as that's happening, then you can't be liable for this or that over here. But as soon as you start controlling what's said, you actually start becoming a publishing company, in my opinion. And when you're a publishing company, you are liable for anything that is said on the platform. So you either need to Especially about other stay people. completely yeah. free speech Right. Or you need to be on the hook for what's said on your platform. And so Section 230, I think actually the Republicans, now that they have the House, I don't know if it's, they're capable of this or not, but Section 230 likely could disappear. I hope it does. I think mm -hmm. that would be really, really helpful to hold accountable um, these social media platforms that have gone awry. Um, I think that uh, artificial intelligence growth is is the one of the fastest growing areas of technology. By the way, I'm a fan of technology overall. I mean, uh, things can be used for evil and things can be used for good. I'm a fan of guns, but you know they need to be used for good, protection of your family, things like that appropriately. But at the same time, I think that there is an element of evil in technology too, because we're seeing an increasing use of it for challenging things. But artificial intelligence, something interesting uh, is that plagiarism is going to be potentially a problem uh, this How next year. How is that so? Can you explain that a little bit? Well, more? there's new things. I get ads for it all the time. I've read up on it a little bit. There's new, new programs that will actually uh, write most of your blog posts for you, for example, That's or, so crazy. or these different things. Of course, I've not used them. I don't know how good they are yet, but, you know, looking at these things coming, it's like, wow, this is, did you really write the book? You know, that could be a question people need to ask themselves three years from now, mm -hmm. if artificial intelligence gets really, really good, or are they just prompting and then they're taking, they're voicing some thoughts into this artificial intelligence and then it's spinning out, you know, a chapter it's in like the book. It's like a dictation AI. Yeah, Actually, I don't know. So yeah. it's uh, so interesting stuff. But you also, as artificial intelligence advanced, I think we're going to see some interesting things this year. Obviously, um, I like what Elon Musk is doing with Twitter. I don't necessarily like what he's doing with Neuralink. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm not. So we're when not I, a big. So Elon when I Musk talk, at you, when yeah. I post on Resolute Man or something like that, it doesn't mean I'm like a fan of somebody. It means I'm no. a fan of this thing that they're doing. Yeah. And I think it's important we need to be able to differentiate that because mm -hmm. Christians shouldn't be afraid of promoting a good thing that happened by somebody that maybe isn't doing everything perfect, right? Right. So, but Neuralink is going to put the first chip in a brain uh, this year uh, and, you know, transhumanism and these things. So we're going to see an increase in transhumanism and that's simply the, the emergence of technology with the human body 
changing um, DNA, potentially controlling DNA, different things like that, right? In the so, future. So, so there's something. Yeah. So this next year will be kind of an interesting year mm -hmm. to see these things. I'm not for these things, but uh, it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see mm -hmm. how that goes. And I think with technology, you know, we have to be protective of our kids. Mm -hmm. We have to look after them. We have to be, okay, what is good for them and what is harmful for them? You know, I think certain elements of technology is good for them. There's things we can learn through technology, uh, like in homeschooling, that are so valuable. They'll be hard, harder, right? There's so many free tools mm -hmm. out there and things like yeah. that. There's also resources and my my children, my older children, our older children are learning so many things about mm -hmm. woodworking, building things, all kinds of things. It's incredible. Yeah. Engineering type skills, all all sorts of things. So the, the courageous parenting challenge on the technology side is, you know, you need to really evaluate how are you going to handle things like social media or internet usage, or are you going to have a monitoring system of some kind for that boundaries with the internet and start teaching your kids first but and foremost by what you model regarding those things and being alert and active. I just even think of like us, Isaac and I have never been on TikTok. You will never see us on TikTok because we believe that it's owned by China and that there's a danger there for facial recognition and different things. And so we have encouraged and advocated that all of our kids stay away from that as much as possible. But you need to figure, you need to do your own research on these different social media platforms and on internet and on websites and and like take it seriously, recognizing that this is an outside influence that will influence your children. It already has been influencing you with ads. Just think about that. You can literally say one word. My mom and I were just laughing about this the other day. She was like, Angie, I say something like copper socks and then all of a sudden I start getting ads on my phone for this and I just start laughing because I'm like, yeah, mom, this has been happening for years, you know, and it's just, it's happening everywhere. And so recognizing the influence and the manipulation and the persuasion that comes through technology and then really praying about that and being intentional with what boundaries you're going to have for your family and teaching your kids and holding them accountable to that is important. Yeah, it is important. And even what search engine you use and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. um, whether I think there's something, I think it's called Brave I just heard about. Yeah, you'd have to look up yourself. There's DuckDuckGo and these kinds of things. Because as your children, when they're older and they start doing searches, what gets kicked up will influence them. And there's certain search engines like yeah. Google who tee up a curated tee up based on their worldview mm -hmm. and what they want people to believe mm -hmm. versus just teeing up naturally what should be based on your search, right? And so that really does influence. There's studies done where it's a massive sway for political decisions, all kinds of things uh, based on what right. pops up when people search for things. So we wanted to share a couple of scriptures with you from Revelation, actually, where yeah. we've been going through Revelation with our kids. We just finished going through the part that's talking to the different churches. And, um, you know, we talked about church as the first point, but I really feel like they go together with technology. Actually, this, this this scripture that we're sharing should be on the forefront of your mind as we're going through all of our different topics, because really like politics is influencing Christians and what's happening in the world has an influence on the church and technology has an influence on the mm -hmm. church. Technology has an influence on the next generation. So does politics. Um, and so all of this is really intertwined and God should be not, he should never be compartmentalized out of any of these categories. And so let's just go to God's word in Revelations chapter three, verse one through six. It says, and to the angel of the church in Sardis, right? 
the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I'll come against you. Yet you have still a few names in Sardis. Uh, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. It's interesting because, um, you know, in Revelations chapter 1 through, I think it's chapter 4, God really, I mean, John wrote the book, right? He had a revelation, but God is like exhorting these churches. This mm -hmm. is like a warning, right? And so there's another one that we want to share with you guys that's in Revelations chapter 2, verse 19 through 23, which I think is really, it's important for technology as well as the church because there has been a movement of a progressive ideology or progressive thoughts and thinking that has been seeping into the church for quite a while, actually. I'd say probably over a decade. Um, and as you research more about it and you find out more about it, you start to see that they have there's a waywardness. There's um, sexual sins, for example, that are being promoted or, or it starts out as tolerance and then it eventually goes into like promoting or even accepting it. And, and instead of being fully Christian, which with Jesus, he loved those people, but he said, go and sin no more. And they were set free from the bondage of sin that they were living in. And they were able to become a new creation. Instead, people are coming as they are and they're not changing. Yeah. Right. And then they're just sitting in their sin and, and they're sifting in their sin and there's no that's not what the church is supposed to be, right? Like God even talks about the bride being blemish free. So here in chapter two, verses 19 through 23, this is another warning to a different church. It says, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich and the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Ugh, a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer, but behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and for 10 days you will have tribulation. 19. Oh, I'm on the wrong verse. <laughs> Here you go. It's all right. We're not perfect. <laughs> Sorry, I started reading verse 9. Oh, okay. So chapter 2, verse 19 says, I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. Well, that's all good, right? But I have this against you. Okay, listen up, church, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel. So God has this against us, that we tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. And I will strike her children dead and all the churches will know that I am he who serves mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you and Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, do I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast to what you have until I come. And then it ends with, this is so encouraging. It says, the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, 
to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. It just continues on. Hey, we're we're to love people well, but sometimes loving people well is caring about the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and that we're not you're not to allow you give warnings, but you're not to allow this perpetual person that's sinning to continue to be in the body of Christ. There needs to be change, right? Mm -hmm. And the other scripture, the warning to the other church was, you're alive, you appear to be alive, but you are dead. And that that's a warning, right? It's like, is there maybe things appear to be outgoing and great, but are people growing in the Lord on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. That That's what matters is like, is discipleship happening? Are people mm-hmm. becoming stronger in their relationship with God? Mm-hmm. And that's there's an outflowing of their heart in the way they walk through life mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. And I just even think like we were just talking about technology and social media and all of these things. And I just think about like the, the image of uh, Jezebel, right? That's teaching sexual immorality or influencing children. And I think about the attack right? That has been on children with the drag queen library readings and all of the different companies that are coming out full force in support of sexualization of children and gender confusion and all Mm -hmm. of this stuff. And it's largely pushed through technology. Can I just say that? Like, I want to remind you, it's largely pushed through devices of technology and it's a, a temptation, like just even having your kids in a public arena of some kind and being exposed to other people's phones and there the devil is seeking whom he can devour we need to remember who our enemy is and recognize he's out for the kids Mm -hmm. and so you know having your eyes wide open rose tinted glasses off and viewing the world for the reality of what it is it's a fallen world and recognizing these things and getting like the world's going to get it's going to get worse before mm-hmm. Jesus comes back again. And having that perspective, it should motivate us as courageous parents to make the hard choices Yeah, to protect our kids. So make sure you know what your children are doing with technology. Make sure you're mm-hmm. thinking through the, the church that you're in and so forth. And the third one is politics. And we'll just be brief on this. But as we this next year, um, at least in America, um, mm-hmm. you know, Trump versus DeSantis, this kind of banter is starting to happen. I actually think there's going to be a division amongst Christians mm-hmm. on this issue. Um, if DeSantis does decide to run for president, which it looks like he's probably going to. And uh, DeSantis is a great guy. He's done an incredible job for Florida. I think that uh, Trump has a track record of protecting uh, America and the world from tyrants around the world uh, and has proven to do so. So that's something to be considered. I think that that is going to be a divisive issue. My hope is that people don't only look for what makes them feel good. I think it's important to look for in anybody that's going to be the president of the United States, and even if you're praying from afar in another country, is that who is actually going to do policies and stand up to tyrants around the world that is the best for freedom of religion, freedom of speech, for liberty, and for prospering well as families. And so I think that's important to say, not not who believes the things, but who's going to actually do the things. But I also do think that there's an, a need. I mean, one of the things that we're, we're bringing this up is because the divisions in the church is something that we need to guard our hearts against and not participate in that because it's something that could create 
a disunity when this is a time more than ever that we need to have unity when it comes to standing up and standing firm in truth. Right? Yeah, let's not be divisive on these things. We can have differing opinions, but mm-hmm. let's not be divisive. Mm-hmm. But I do kind of think it will happen. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. You know, I think, unfortunately, I think the Republicans keep losing elections and they're starting to realize that Democrats have a ground game that um, I do believe there's election fraud, by the way. But separate from that, they also have a ground game that's kind of incredible, the ability to go and knock on doors and vote harvest and get all these things, which I don't necessarily been activated longer. I don't necessarily believe in their tactics, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately I think that Republicans are going to start doing some of those same practices. And so I hope not, I hope we can just fix our election system. Um, But I think that they Mm -hmm. are going to move towards that because they're having a hard time. Another aspect of that is that you've probably noticed since this woke agenda has become more um, apparent through social media, maybe you've seen people who once were far left wing coming more over to the right side um, in the sense and even changing parties. And so, and, and they might not be fully like-minded, Do you know what I mean? And so they may not be believers. They may not have a a conscience led by the Holy Spirit. They may just be against the sexualization of children. And so they're leaving that party and coming over to this side, but they're also bringing some of the dirty tactics with them too, right? And so um, potentially. And so, you know, this is all stuff that we're seeing happening and potentially will be happening more so this year. And and here's an interesting thing is that this Twitter thing, back to that for a second, the election fraud, which it is election fraud if you're suppressing Hunter Biden stuff right before the election, which is unbelievably damaging for Biden and his son. And and then you're so you're hiding that and then you're only putting out negative things about the the opponent. Uh 
regardless of what you think about the opponent, but that is in, in its government funded millions of dollars was spent given to Twitter employees and the, it, people, former workers from the government are, uh, were working for Twitter. And so this was completely the government controlling social media company. Twitter's the only one we know about definitively, but I'm sure this is happening mm-hmm. at the other ones. Mm-hmm. That is election fraud. That is treason in my opinion. Okay. So now what do you do about that? And I think that we're all kind of like in America, we're like, well, there's nothing we can do. You know, we can pray, we can keep living our lives, we can do the best we can, we can be active on a local level. All those things are wonderful things. I wonder, and this is a question, I'm not an expert on this, but I wonder if there was a class action lawsuit by the citizens against the federal government for colluding to secure a certain party in office for president. Wow, wouldn't that be interesting if there was a class action lawsuit, millions and millions and millions of people that signed up and somebody led this thing and to say, hey, there's now proof, there's evidence of fraud and we're not going to tolerate it. That's just an idea. It's interesting because as Christians, you know, a lot of people just, um, they read scriptures that talk about, you know, going to your brother and not dealing with things in the courtroom and and um, the whole don't sue a Christian. We have to remember that the government is not Christian and specifically this administration and those who have been behind the evil of controlling the way that social media and big tech has been working. And so the truth is, is, you know, there is no like... Um, pastor that is over both parties in a sense that can actually do any kind of mediation. And so you deal with people in the their world terms that they function under and what matters most to them. And truly, we know that they are motivated by money more than they are anything. That is their God is money and extending their own life and their power. Hey, it's, so, it's important. Sometimes when we hear the word lawsuit, you you just kind of don't even want to listen because that's like, oh, that's not something. That's not Christian. Okay, that's but, a actually, lot of think. but actually it's literally what it is, is using the legal system yeah. to accomplish something that there's been no other way to accomplish when there's a wrong. Right. That's why the legal system has been set up. And so it's this is- It's not like we can expect the, the this administration to get on national television and repent yeah. I mean, we can pray for that, but they're hey. not going to repent and go, oh, you know what? We're so sorry that we've been censoring all of these conservatives and we're so sorry that we did this. We're so sorry. Like, that's just not going to happen. We all know that's not going to happen. Well, so- anyways, we're kind of talking about what might happen in this next year. Yeah. I think that might happen. That's why yeah. I'm mentioning it. Is yeah. there something that came into my brain? I'm like, whoa, millions of people would probably mm-hmm. sign up on mm-hmm. that thing and it might work. It's interesting. So what it would be the courageous parenting challenge then for parents regarding politics and what is happening? The first thing that comes to my mind is that we need to educate our kids. We need to, at least age appropriateness, um, we need to have a vision. And if you haven't ever done this, you need to start now with thinking how you could be preparing and equipping your children to be activated citizens in their generation when they hit, when they launch from your home, when yeah. they hit that um, age category. Because the truth is, is we are going to need young people who are on fire for Christ, who are willing to stand firm, willing to take persecution mm-hmm to do the thing that God has called them to do, to do the right biblical thing, right? And so that starts with your parenting. That starts with courageous parents being willing to let the dishes sit for a minute so that they can have the deep conversation about what's happening and teach their kids and 
maybe do an extracurriculum with their kids at home on the Constitution and and teaching their kids and giving them skills that are going to help them to be equipped so that they can be those people that are making change in their generation. I, I mean, honestly... A lot of people are talking about like, are you scared about what world our kids are going to be inheriting? We did a whole podcast on this, by the way. You should go listen to that. Um, I think that was the one where I interviewed. We're Megan. not. We're not scared at all. I mean, we're no, we're excited because we're we're educating time. our kids, and this is the time God yes. wants them to be alive. It's, yes, it's it's His choice, and so we trust God. And yeah. but we have a responsibility to equip and train up our kids, mm-hmm. maybe at a level that hasn't been seen in previous generations mm-hmm. at a whole new level is needed. Mm-hmm. And so Matthew 24, 6 through 13 tells you why it's needed. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth plan. Pains. So this is the beginnings of mm-hmm. the birth pains. And so I really, and this is our opinion, but I really think we are in the early stages. I think we're in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there will be people that disagree with that, but I think... But a lot of that comes from based upon what they're personally experiencing in their part of the world sure, or there's their part definitely of the country, right? Some of you uh, in and other parts of the country might yeah. be going, well, you're in America. Hey, I get it. But it has um, to be that bad everywhere in the world. Like, you know what I mean, and so, we're and and we're we are very aware of the persecution in Iran, yes. China, and uh, all over the world, and uh, the problems, geopolitical mm-hmm. problems, and the, it just just we're it's definitely aware. We're not living it out, so we we can't be in everybody's shoes. But um, but I think we're in the beginning of it. I yeah, who knows though? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's an interesting time. He's so, going to come like a thief in the night. We amen. That, so right? so our next one will be quick, but economy uh, definitely we're in a recession in America. It seems globally. Uh, it appears. And there's definitely an induced famine. I would say that there's higher ups that are navigating and, and controlling things. It definitely seems that way. It's interesting. The Bible doesn't say induced famines, but, you know, well, it, I mean, there famines is famines could be induced. We know this. There's a desire for yeah. a global currency, right? There's a there's mm-hmm. an organization called the World Economic Forum driving this. They're you, unapologetically you, bold using, about their using, stance. Using climate change as a reason to take all kinds of actions um, that uh, lower population and these different things. Okay, so we've heard the voices of these people do these things on record, right? So we, so if you know that stuff, and then you go, okay, well, the U.S. dollar would have to be weakened. What's interesting is is Although the U.S. dollar has been weakened, the currencies around the world have been weakened more. And so it seems like that part of their plan might be backfiring right now. I'm not sure. But um, definitely the inflation that's happening mm-hmm. and the increasing rates that looks like it'll continue mm-hmm. um, to, until you, you literally have to hurt the population enough financially mm-hmm. to get control of inflation. There is some truth to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it might backfire. I don't really know. I'm not an economist. But... I have this feeling that the the economic conditions in this next year are going to be a lot more difficult for a lot of people. And so I really think it's important. And one of the courageous parenting challenges would be, you know, what are your sources of income? Mm-hmm. 
there is a reason why, by the way, we're being proactive with the ministry um, to launch coffee, for example. And um, and even the app. In the app, yeah. right? We want a deeper community. Mm-hmm. We wanted to not be on Facebook. We people also didn't it. want to have to deal with censorship. But we also yeah. wanted a way for people to get way more value and a small fee to be part of that big value. Yeah. And, and also help the ministry stabilize financially because it's harder and harder for people to give and these different things, right? So, mm-hmm. so as you think about that for yourself, you know, what are your sources of income? And you might need to have a marriage conversation about adding one source of income for this next year. You might have to, because if you have a fixed income, for example, that means your spending power is getting depleted every month with inflation. I'm not trying to create fear or anything. This is just fact. The reality. Okay. And so either you're going to spend less or you're going to make more. The best thing is find ways to spend less and make more. Right. So, but what if you can't in your current situation? Well, then you have to pray and think through how to change your current situation. And that might be adding a source of income. Adding a source of income because there's only so much you can stop spending, right? Mm -hmm. You're probably already there. So I think that, Mm -hmm. you you know, we care about you. We care about everybody that listens Mm -hmm. and we feel like we're one big family in a way. Like, this is a movement. How can we help the courageous parents out there that are really like, they're growing and they're wanting to do what's right, but they need leadership. They need people talking about the real things that real people deal with on a daily basis. And this is it. Like, this is where the rubber meets the road, right? And there's an aspect of, even with the economy, like the food situation, the shortages that we see, I mentioned the induced famine in the sense like formula has been vacant shelves for months and months and months here. I don't know how it is where you are, but I don't use formula um, Xander has been nursed, but praise some, the some Lord. But there are a to. lot of people who do, who yeah. need that. And yeah. so to walk through the grocery stores and see the need or to see people on the next door app not able to find formula and asking if anybody has stuff. And and now the big thing is no cold medicine or Motrin or fever reducers for infants and children. Uh, shelves are just literally empty everywhere across the the nation, really. I don't know if it's international, but that also seems like it's somewhat controlled. Don't know if it is, but it's something that like the reality is for us, we looked at what happened during COVID specifically and we were like, okay, so what are like the majority things that we need to have on hand and be prepared? Here's your CP challenge. Here's your courageous parenting challenge. Evaluate what things you think are potentially going to go missing Pray about it. Be as wise as is wise. Just be wise, okay? Look at what's happened in the past and try to be prepared with the things that are the most necessity things for your family so that you don't find yourself at a loss when you could have been prepared, right? Here, here's the, the mentality we have to shift is we've grown accustomed to being mm-hmm. a just-in-time uh, family, yeah. like a just-in-time mentality, I guess is I the word. I think that's most which of is, the world. Which is, yeah. I need bananas. Right now. I go get bananas Within an hour, bananas are at my home. Yeah. Okay. So that mentality needs to shift. It's like, what I, might I need in the next six months? I one of our kids might be sick and have a fever, so I should have that on hand before they get sick. And how can you be resourceful? There's no way to be resourceful and provide. I mean, there is a way, but it's really hard for most of us, including us, to provide everything self-sufficient for our own family, right? Especially with and, how large it is. And so, but <laughs> picking some things. Yeah. And what can you do? And I think a what can you do list is good, not to be overwhelmed, but what yeah. can you start doing? You build upon that year after year. Mm-hmm. It's like, you Being know. Being a little more self-sufficient is what you, you know, just 
on the sense of like, I'm not going to be dependent upon any man that that scripture like is talking more about job wise and having debts towards people. Right. But you could even think of it in sense of like, are you going to be knocking on doors because you're in need? Like, how can we be prepared? And then taking it a step further, once you've been prepared as a family, being prepared so you can help other people because that is the Great Commission, right? Like yeah. Jesus met physical needs before he shared the gospel. That might be one way your family can be a part of the Great Commission in end times. Another interesting thing about the economy is uh, that right now they're testing most, a lot of, not most, but several countries are testing CBCDs, I believe they're called, hmm. central bank crypto dollars. So having... Um, the U.S. dollar as a cryptocurrency, having the yen in a cryptocurrency, right? These kinds of things uh, are the U.S. is testing it right now. And this is a movement towards, um, they say, you know, fraud prevention mm-hmm. and ease and all these things. But what it has the capabilities of doing is massive control over people, mm-hmm. right? If I don't like, as the government, something you're doing, then Something I can you said. control your money. Mm-hmm. And so your purchasing power and these kinds of things. So just things to think about. Now, mm-hmm. again, I know this can be sound fearful and things like that. We don't want to be fearful, but mm-hmm. but we're not not going to tell you something because it might create fear. We no. need to trust that you're going to lean into the Lord and mm-hmm. not fear and trust God. But at the same time... It's going to motivate you. Motivate to some actions. We can't mm-hmm. do everything. What is the answer to that, Isaac? I actually don't know the answer to that one. That's depends on your a hard one to answer. How do you handle that if there if you can only shop through an outside economy and you're not using the digital system? I don't know if that's even possible. Or you're even quarantined to your home, right? Like I even think of just different countries like Australia that weren't able to leave their homes for long periods of time. So we have to endure as good soldiers yeah. of Christ and spread the gospel and have joy in our mm-hmm. hearts despite circumstances and know that we're going to be persecuted. And I just think we're coming into a season where that's more like how the Bible talks about it. Right. So the next category is education. And, you know, homeschooling, obviously, we see that that's probably going to continue to grow in 2023 and over the next coming years. Um, But you brought something up that was interesting today, that because of the growth, that's going to potentially get lawmakers or people who like having control and understand the power of indoctrination, it could become... um, that 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 right to homeschool could become threatened. Well, just put yourself in their shoes. Whenever you're trying to understand what's happening, you have to know kind of who your enemies are and you have to learn how they think. And the natural process is if more and more people homeschool, then there's less people in the public schools, there's less control and so less funding. And those people that their jobs and so forth, there's less jobs in that area maybe, and there's less fun less funding towards it. So now there's maybe a growing pressure to force people to be in public schools or to put laws to make it very, very difficult to homeschool, like have to have a teacher certificate and these kinds of things. What I think California's done before. And yeah, these, they, they, it's still that so, way. So yeah. certain states do that. And around the world, some places you can't homeschool at all. I think Germany's that way. Is that right? I'm not I, sure. I feel like it was for a very long it time. Was. I don't know today. We don't know. But We're not yes. experts on it. But but you see what's happened. You study the past. Mm-hmm. You understand your enemy and the, put yourself in their shoes. And what might happen is definitely in the United States um, – the blue states, more liberal states, would be the first ones to kind of for them to have success in making laws have success like that. making yeah. laws like that. So living in a red state's key. If you're around the world, the more liberal the area you're in, they're probably going to want to control that if they see an exodus from the the system. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Don't know for sure, but we may see, we're going to see an increase in homeschooling. We, I mean, the last couple, couple of years is probably the greatest, the greatest increase yeah. in the maybe history of the modern world uh, where we've seen uh, mm-hmm. a growth in homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just going to accelerate, actually. So, you know, our CP challenge for the education thing would be to audit the current education system that you are using for your kids. And can I just even say that if you're homeschooling, it still means you need to audit it. There are times where I've had to look through books. Like, I, I'm just going to share something. There is a specific curriculum that I used with my oldest children. It was called Story of the World. And... Um, and there was four volumes. It was about history. And uh, it was one of the most popular uh, history curriculums with audios and activity books and all, and these huge books that you could read to your kids aloud. And it was wonderful um, on many levels. But there was also just something about it. And I wasn't 100% sold. So we tried many other things. But then this year, so this is like, I've been homeschooling 19 years. And this mm-hmm. was out when, and it was popular and had been out for years when I started. So it's been out a long time. And I just read in an article that there are certain doctrinal things that are kind of, in my opinion, heretical that the author of those books believes. That's my opinion. You'll have to look into it. Um, And I just remember thinking like, whoa, and how did that impact? Because every book I do believe firmly, and you should as well, I do believe this is biblical truth, that worldviews of every person impact their opinions and their thought process and what they teach. Okay. And I know that my worldview impacts what I teach. Your worldview impacts what you teach your children. And so if I'm reading a book written by a human being, then what they taught in that book is a reflection of what their worldview was. Right. And so realizing that they believe something that I think is false and going, oh, wow, was that pushed through the curriculum? Now I'm like thinking back and going, I wouldn't use that curriculum with my kids currently. So I, I share that story with you because you do need to audit and you need to pay attention to what people are teaching. There have been many authors in the last decade specifically that I have like at one point bought a book that I thought I would like. And then all of a sudden they go progressive. And at the time I didn't know what the word progressive was, right? But then it's like, oh, I'm throwing those books away. I can't promote that person ever again or that gathering or that whatever. And it's just sad that there's so many um, tolerant or lenient. And, and then it's just like you let, you open the door a little bit for a little bit of deception. And then all of a sudden the wayward philosophy start coming in and people fall. So you just need to be very careful about the teaching and yeah. make sure that people are grounded in truth. So regardless of what education, like, do you know what your kids teachers believe? Do you know what their worldview is? Because every single topic, even math can apparently be, you know, racist. Right. And so you need to know what the personal convictions and worldview of the teachers are because they're going to be pushing those convictions through every subject. Well, the next one's health. And, um, it's, I just think I watch Angie and the layering upon layering of knowledge about how to take care of the family in terms of health has been really wonderful to watch. And I'm so thankful for it because the natural path is awesome. And our philosophy, and I think your philosophy too, is to take that natural path every time if we can. And mm-hmm. at the point that we can't and something's not working, you know, we go to the hospital and, and we believe in medicine and doctors and, and so forth. But it's important to try to, you know, solve as much as, as possible. As, yeah. as much as is possible. And I think that what what would be the next step in that direction? On another note is 
you know, they're already doing trials, uh, WEF on, you know, scenarios of the next pandemic. And they just did one with Bill Gates and so forth that tested this scenario that hit children harder um, and was way more deadly than the last COVID thing. So um, why would they be doing those scenarios? They, they did a scenario about COVID before COVID happened. So I don't know. You can think what you want about that. But I think that um, it's important that we're in good health. Like mm-hmm. it's always been important. Our bodies are the holy temple. God tells us to take care of our bodies. Our bodies are not our own. You can look up the scripture on that. Mm-hmm. But we all know that. But it is even more important, right? I want to be around for the grandkids. You know, we have one grandchild and I'm looking forward to a whole bunch more. And I want to be here for my kids. I have young Mm -hmm. kids still and I want to be able to disciple, have fun, you know, live life and see this beautiful picture develop while at the same time, I'm thrilled and super excited about heaven. It's going to be amazing, Mm -hmm. even more amazing. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to Take our health seriously, and if you haven't been and you need the discipline or something, maybe you could ask your spouse mm-hmm. to help you hold, hold you accountable, hold each other accountable, create space for. Uh, I know it's gonna take time. I know I need to create space for Angie to be able to work out and these kinds of things, and and she also needs to create space for me, mm-hmm. and we try to do that. But even even we need we're we gonna have to get better. We at have it. to get better at that we're gonna yeah. we have a meeting coming up where we're gonna be talking about these mm-hmm. things for the new year and how how can we really take our health mm-hmm. even more seriously not mm-hmm. to make an idol out of it but to to have a platform that god the platform god gave us is our bodies mm-hmm. to be able to do his work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's for his glory to be here longer to do his work longer i so here's the cp challenge learn something new and do it this year what is that new thing that you're going to learn? Is it about nutrition? Is it about your diet? Is it about working out? Is it learning how to work out for the first time? Maybe you've never worked out before. Is it learning about natural herbal tinctures? and Or is it maybe making your own, right? Plants is it, in your house. Is it about, yeah, is it about houseplants? Is it about gardening? Is it about ways that, is, what is it that you could learn that's new this year that you could start implementing and just pick one thing to start. And then once you master it, you're going to be so encouraged to start another new thing. And I know that for myself, like that concept of like learn something new right now, the thing that I'm doing that's new is sourdough. And (laughs) I know that like for you guys, you're probably listening going, oh, Angie, it's easy. I've been doing it for a year. But do you remember what it was like before you had done sourdough? Like that's where I'm at with sourdough. Yeah, I may have been gardening for, you know, over a decade and I may have had nine babies naturally and I may have done all these other things that maybe you're going, whoa. But the truth is, it's like I have to make space and time to do something different and that just even making the space and the time for it is actually the biggest challenge behind it, right? Because you have to take time to read and learn and do, but it's so life-giving. Hey, our final one, the most important one, we saved it for last, is God. God is still in control. God has an amazing plan. He's working out. God loves you. And your children and your spouse. And he is there for us. And he says not to fear. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I just think that it's a good reminder that God is unchanging, mm-hmm. that he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, he's 
he is our all in all truly. And so, you know, as you're potentially at this time of year, this is when people start doing visioneering and stuff. And we did a really awesome podcast on this last week. So go back and listen to that podcast too. Um, what things, five things you need to be every parents must reflecting reflect on, on as yeah. parents. Right. And you should go listen to that. But I would just say too, like if you're one of these people that comes up with a word or something that you want to challenge people on, um, pray about it first. And listen to the convictions of the heart and choose something. Choose the hardest thing. Can I say choose the hardest thing? Because that hard thing that is maybe nagging you that you're constantly thinking about, it is clogging up brain power that could be spent on much better things that would bring God glory. So whatever that change is, what, whether it's you need to forgive somebody or maybe you need to walk away from a bad habit or maybe you need to um, start something new because not doing something that God has called you to do is disobedience. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, like be honest with yourself and pick a word that is going to hold you accountable for that year. We want to wrap it up with this last verse in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. It says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Guys, listen, we know that, you know, in end days especially, of course, if you're living a righteous life, you're going to be persecuted for it. People are going to struggle with with things that are godly. And so if you are experiencing persecution, betrayal, um, losing friends, or maybe you need to walk away some, from some relationships that have been completely unhealthy for you, I want to encourage you because really we need to be first and foremost faithful to God alone and mm-hmm. his word and making sure that we are doing all we can to protect our children and raise them up in him. Thanks for joining us today. Happy New Year's. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.